0: Ready? Yeah, man. Right, cool. Um, I get just do then? a little clap into your microphone for me, please. Thank Mouth you very clap. much. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to the very first episode of Max's House, and I'm joined by none other than Tough Love. <laughs> Big round of applause <laughs> in the studio. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having us, bro. This is a very, very, very special first show because... Some people don't know. I think I first met you. It would be 2012 or 2013.
1: Yeah, 2012. 2012, 2012 I think it, 2012 because oh, yeah. I did
0: go to. Uh, I think it was a twisted disco. Yeah. At uh, um. Would have what, been the pony. Sh- yeah, or uh, Hoxton uh, Pony at uh, uh, Shoreditch venue. <laughs> no, <I'm> not
2: gonna, <laughs> yeah, at, I'm not going sh- to promote anything. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: um, yeah. So, guys, I mean. There's a lot of people that have done a lot of things in the scene and in the industry. And there's one thing is blowing up in London and playing at a lot of raves. And then there's another thing about going international and having smash hit records and also smashing the chart and working with an artist as huge as genuine. And there's so much that you've done in your careers like together. But I kind of want to know a little bit more about your individual journeys that then kind of brought you together to yeah, create man. Tough mm. Love. So Alex, go, for, go first, bro.
1: We're like, it's mad. We kind of have similar backgrounds or we should have met along the journey a long time before. It's a mad one. So I come from like a super musical family. Um, my mum's a choreographer, sister the same. Um, my dad has always worked in music. So he ran a record label back when I was... A young teenager, okay. um, and also managed acts, and then floated the record label on the stock market and got out and kind of like called it a day. And that was him done with music. So, when I started to get into it at a young age, it was more like the business side, to be honest. Um, working at the record label with him, I used to do all the video shoots, okay. lugging all the lights around, <laughs> setting everything up, sitting in the studio with his writers, like just learning how everything works, just absorbing as much as I could. And then I kind of sacked everything off. I went to university um, and at the time I was playing like semi-pro rugby Mm. and we actually went to the same uni, but we never met, Mm. it was mad. We never met, we never crossed paths. I was part of like the rugby culture. He was part of the football culture. And um, I left uni and got in, started doing my own stuff. I started DJing out in London and then I started a duo with a guy called Nee. Um, and I was part of like the whole crew of like Buster Bennett and all that lot. Like, okay. um, yeah. Larry and all those guys, like way, way back, doing all the sort of sh- East London, yeah. Shoreditch venues. Then I uh, took the job at McQueen as music booker. Yeah, of course. And that's when I finally met Stefan. Yeah. Long time
2: ago. And then his life changed forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was <laughs> that though? That was 09. Yeah, I'd say when?
0: 2010 probably.
2: Yeah, 9 yeah. out 10. And then yeah. we, we started getting in the studio in 2011. Yeah.
0: So nearly nearly 10 years of Tough Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ne- ne- next 10. year,
2: man. 10 years
1: of Tough Love yeah. album. Look out. Really? Yeah. Exclusive? Yeah, man. That would be amazing. <laughs> is that is that happening? <laughs> yes. is, that, is that really happening? Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, no, we got him, man. Yeah, uh, it a Long time in the scene. That long long would be incredible, be but them. not not like a like a four or five track album like like the hip hop artists are doing now. Give us like oh, a yeah, proper, no, we'll give like, us like a proper we'll a twelve proper, twelve yeah. to fifteen. I think is solid. Right. Um, Steph, I know we spoke quite mm. recently because like your journey to me is very interesting because you've been a professional DJ for quite a while. Too bloody long. <laughs> <laughs> Before everyone was a DJ. Um, now,
2: I started when I was 13. Okay. Obviously, I'm still young now. Um, no, me and my older brother, Blaze, uh, we managed to get my dad on a, on a Sunday after he'd been on a night out. He was drunk. We encouraged him to get us some turntables and a mixer, some absolute dodgy Belgian <coughs> turntables, dead mixer. But he, he, he did... And because he was junk, he kind of added extra speakers and bits on the top as well. So fantastic. And then me and Blaze just got the bug. Just started DJing every single day within, I think, six months, we kind of picked up the technique of mixing. Mm. Um from then that was it, mate. Just continued to DJ. Journeys took me so many different places, like through so many different genres of music. But initially it did start on kind of house and garage. Um Eventually kind of moved into like Pirate Radio, moving over to South London, like Taste mm. FM, okay. Touch FM, Supreme FM, like Freeze and Mac yeah. FM and stuff like that. Just trying to do as much as possible to try yeah. and make a career out of it. And then... Big up the Urban Legends. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so basically um, met up with a group of lads, I'd say j- just before college or just at the start of college, mm. formed um, the Urban Legends. Well, actually... There was two groups kind of came together. A group of lads called the Confusion Crew. Okay. Um, and then off the back of that, it formed something called Urban Legends, which was me, Nastily, Lee, who, is, yeah. who used to be called Lyrical Lee. Yeah. Another uh, MC called Draper. That took us across to kind of like the holiday islands, Malia. Okay. Uh, yeah, all of them. kind of. It was good. It was a good time. Mainly, mainly garage, mainly yeah. during that era, kind of pre, I'd say... Pre-So Solid, or just okay. a So Solid performing, and then pre-Heartless Crew, that kind of that kind of
0: vibe there. And at this point, you're just a DJ?
2: At that point, I'm kind of DJing, but tinkering with production. So, okay. started producing, say, back end of 99. Oh. Yeah, 98, 99, started messing around with producing, but it was like more audio clipping, putting audio clips yeah. together, and making dub plates. Yeah basically just for the sets to try and Sick. make the, the set more impressed. unique yeah, yeah. Oh, got impressed oh, onto the uh, acetate uh, i used to use somewhere near here actually holloway road uh, wookie's family okay used yeah used to run a place called music house um yeah and you just go there best feeling when you're holding your record in, in your hand and then no one there, else has and got you know it you've got a set coming up and you're just about to play it and obviously the reaction sometimes good sometimes bad <laughs> 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 yeah but no it's, it's good it's always great um yeah always always been good and then um yeah, from that, got the bug of production, mm. really. Started making mashups. A few people might have heard some of them. They still... Yeah. But I wasn't, obviously, at that particular time, you couldn't do mashups. You'd yeah. get a lot of shit for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, i done that. Um, had it like EZ and everybody spinning them, but couldn't, never put my name to them. And then someone took them and pressed them all up onto vinyl. What? Yeah, someone took them and pressed them all onto vinyl and they were out in the white labels in the shops and I was like, shit. Oh, what's crap. going on here, sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. So um, off the back of that, um, moved into actual production, songwriting. Mm-hmm. I met. Um, I'm trying to think of the time frame. I met Wayne Williams from another level.
0: Yeah,
2: and at that particular point in time, I was doing multi-genre DJ, okay. so right across the board. Yeah, um, and I started making hip hop and R and B and stuff. 20, 2006, moved over to Cos. Okay. For the summer. So yeah. Done a, a season in COS. Mad. I met a group of lads there from kind of East London, guy called Sharky. He used to run a party called Shake It Down, which actually how I ended up getting into McQueens. Okay. Um, yeah, so met him Kai met a, guy, Canty, was a Yeah, met, met Kai, the guy of a boat. So oh, he, wow. he met me in Malia pre pre yeah, this is a mad story. So we met yeah. we met Kai in two thousand let's say two thousand and two. He okay. was a rep out there. Yeah. And um uh, Remember, we robbed the main rep's car and <laughs> hid it from. him. To get him. we hid it from him, and we was all <laughs> hiding in the top of the um, the top of the hotel, looking down at him, shitting himself, thinking, "Oh, where's my car gone?" And mm. obviously, just had loads of fun with Kai, done boat parties and stuff, and um, never saw him again. Then 2006, obviously moved to Cos, met Sharky and the gang who were doing Shake It Down. A guy called Morsey as well, mm. done a season there at Starlight Club mainly house music and like commercial dance music. Um, But during that period of time as well, I was still playing semi professional football, Okay. going to university as our men, we both went to Brunel, just juggling life and music and and stuff like that. And then I think 2007, 2008, I met Wayne Williams from another level, boy band, started making his stuff, producing like hip hop and R&B. 2009 moved to Atlanta. Georgia so you've been about a little Mate, bit it's been mad yeah we, we, we done well, a year work out how old he is now though now, <laughs> yeah so we've done, <laughs> so we done a year in Atlanta Georgia just literally up and left Liter- literally just upped and left went over there started making stuff for um like a camp Grand Hustle camp it's so a okay. TI's camp yeah yeah um inside there we were doing some work um done some work with Brian Reed then we entered a competition to be um oh, KFC hitmakers actually. Oh, okay. We ended up winning that competition. No they, way. They, yeah, so like they done a big compilation thing um, on that. And then we ended up doing like a warm up tour for Sun Village. Right. So doing performances and stuff with him, which was sick. So yeah. I was just background DJing, Wayne was performing. Then I came back to the UK, I think end of two thousand and nine, December back into it again same sort of stuff mix of all uh, yeah. West End venues and that led me into McQueen yeah eventually with Sharky doing Shake it Down and um met what's his name Desi Desi yeah Desi she became Mac sort of resident in there between McQueen and Shake it Down and then met Alex so know? at
0: this point what 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 are you guys thinking like obviously you just met up you think oh we like doing music are you working <clears throat> elsewhere are you doing other- cuz you were you were like Britain's top model and that film. <laughs> 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 <left them> <laughs> big cat, no, you did a big camp, you didn't need to do a big pub bur- Was it I, a Burberry yeah, campaign?
1: I, nah, I did Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein. Um, yeah, I did quite a, a bit, and then I came, I was still modeling when I met Stefan. Yeah. Mm. And I was. Mate,
2: he was like that. He was so skinny when <laughs> I first met him. Yeah, so and was... then he showed me pictures of back in university. Mm. It's not the same person <laughs> It's like three of them were stuck together. There's two. There's two I look three. more like you at uni. Man. Really? Yeah. yeah of I, was course. Like, You're be... I was
1: a bit of a unit and then yeah. I, I had to slim <laughs> right down. And then um yeah, I was I was DJing out and about. Um back then it was like Citizen had just started. Lawrence had just okay. started working under Citizen. We were doing quite a bit together. Um Dara was Dara and Buster were doing what was it called? fake rolex or something something like that and then darrow was the booker at the egg um and yeah i was playing like all those all the usual like cool little spots in Shoreditch. and then yeah we met um we didn't really talk that much to be honest because steph would just be on the decks and i'd be at first when i was at mcqueen i was doing the bookings for the first two years mm-hmm. um and then i stepped out of that a bit and ran a few nights in house mm-hmm. ran front of house Met his brother, actually, because it was you couldn't make a set. Mm. And Blaze hadn't DJed in, like, years and years and years. <laughs> I remember, Blaze was absolutely shitting it. Um, but it's just like riding a bike. Yeah, but I, I remember that well. It was yeah. good times. Yeah, and then we met. And we talked we talk for ages about, yeah, let's get in and do something. Go mm. and do something. I was actually already in a duo at the time. You were in a group. Yeah. Did, you were in Chocolate Doll.
2: In a pop group at that time. We have a guy called Bluey and Nene who done Body Groove. Yeah. Okay. She's working on that project. Um,
1: Timing just worked out because yeah. my my partner just vanished. He, mm. he just upped and left. And I never found out why until like three, four years later. Okay. When we were actually DJing, mm. I remember. Um, so it just like came at a good time. I think we both were playing very similar music at a time. Like, I just oh, remember
2: you at the back, I'd be dropping a tune and I'd be like... Because yeah. like, it was just b- before that Deep House era, so no one before, really knew yeah, that before. kind of sound. But obviously there was a small group of people that were playing that kind of sound and, yeah. and obviously everyone was getting into it. So we were probably the only guys at that time sharing that music and, yeah. and, and playing it in our It sets. was
1: like the birth of like, I don't know, like Crash and guys oh. like Wildcats yes. were down living yeah. in East London yeah. and yeah. hanging out with them and... Yeah, it was just a nice scene back then, It was like close and yeah. fun and mm. half baked and I'm trying to think. You are we and all those parties. Yeah, some good. serious sounds. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. good times. Real that good times. that
0: whole era for me, were like, because obviously I think I got into it like twenty twelve, just as a raver. Yeah, and mate, the twenty twelve, the twenty twelve sound is it's banging. Still, it's hard to listen to now, though, don't you think? Uh, as in like that it's, it's it's Yeah, it's hard because what kind of upsets me is that I know every tune. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd yeah, love yeah. to hear new, old school, yeah, like yeah, deep... It's house. crying That's out cool. for that as well. He's yeah, yeah, crying out for that right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I this is what I spoke recently to Mark Redford about as well because, you know, he's he's someone that hasn't changed. Yeah. And he says, he goes, I haven't changed. He goes, and also much like how you can associate, you know, EZ to doing a particular thing mm. or Matt jemmer monster doing. he goes... I've not changed and yeah. he goes, and it will come back around. He mm. goes it will, you just
1: gotta stay in the fight. I mean, you look at any genre of music, if you're still around in that second cycle, you're already ahead of like the new people coming yeah. through. Mm. It's just how it is, you just gotta stay in it. If you yeah. can stay in it, it will move, it will come back in.
0: But you you have adapted very, very well, very smoothly to I think to the current sound.
2: Yeah, we like to Yeah, I don't know, it might look like that from the outside. <laughs> it might feel like that from the inside. We just like,
1: our our lane's always been like, yay wide. Like it's hard to describe in it. Like anywhere oh, yeah, from yeah. when we started, it was, was it was any from where like, yeah, it was bumpy. It yeah. was any from like, even our new disco sound was a bit more lively and bumpy. Mm-hmm. And then we started like brid- bridging the gap between new disco, house and garage, I guess. That was kind of our thing. And we mm-hmm. were always dropping old records from mm-hmm. day one. Yeah. Um, I mean, and our just, very first set as Tough Love was in the basement at Egg. Egg, yeah. It was yeah. our first one. And it was with our mate JR, who's still going, and mm-hmm. no artificial colours. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, that,
2: and that's where it links into Kai again. Okay. So basically, we done Relay. Yeah, Club Relay. Relay. Yeah, Club yeah, yeah. Relay. And he just, just started a party called Forte. And okay. we were like one of the first bookings. And, uh, Us and Wildcats. Yeah. And we was up on the stage, and I looked at him, kind of recognised him, but didn't really think much of it. And then Lee, Lee, came, he was on the stage with us and Kai's staring at him like, I know you from somewhere, I know who you are. Um, And he's like, oh, you're the the MC, you're the MC. (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? And basically, Kai took us on a boat party in Malia back in 2002. And we were doing Urban Legends at the time and then Draper and um, Lyrics they absolutely ruined this MC (laughs) in a clash on the boat. Yeah. To the point where he drowned his sorrows after the set and got paralytic in the corner <laughs> of the boat. And Kai just remembers it because of how kind of brutal it was at that particular point in time. And then he, yeah, it's it's really mad to see how we've all kind of grown and where where we've we've come to. You've all seriously, seriously, seriously
0: yeah. grown because, you know, Kai is probably one of the, the top UK promoters, really. Yeah, right down, about yeah. That, yeah, You guys are probably you you are quite household names, especially within the scene, I think. I mean how well actually first I have to ask you, how did you first come up with the name Tough Love and when did that happen?
1: We we knew from day one when we to be honest, the first week we got in the studio, we did three sessions. I remember. And <laughs> literally I remember it, Like, It's mad. We wrote our own the first first session we'd done, we wrote our own original. Yeah. Um, which Lee come and vocaled for us. The second session we'd done, we did a rework of oh, R. Know. Kelly. Seeing members, yeah, done a rework of R. Kelly. By, this, this y- before anyone was doing any no, of yeah. this stuff, yeah, no yeah, one yeah. was doing any of like any of these reworks in, in like the housey sense. Um, and then we were like, Right, you are going off to China to mm. DJ. I remember like he was going off for like a week or 10 days, was it was Spenny? Yeah, yeah, Spenny. And then I was like, Right, I'll do some research, work out what labels mm. we want to like pitch to. And I pitched that week and actually a lot of it got picked up. And then when Steph come back, we were like, do you know what? We need to make our own label, Mm. our own media company, much like this, to be honest, was our thing. Like, let's make a hub where we can produce records, we can put them out, we can bring through Mm. all our boys and look after everyone. Because it wasn't, it was clicky back then and I understand why now. Because you've got to be protective of you and your mates a little bit. It's like, there's so many people who are, jump in your crew and use you and then move on to the next one and climb mm-hmm. the ladder and move on to the next one so I get it why labels can be a bit like standoffish yeah. and and we were just way more open we were just like let's just break new talent so I think we put a record out on Lover Doses label a couple of tunes on Loverdose yeah. one called Cold Blood which yes. is our first proper single which you love Shut just you, a man in cold you, blood <laughs> I love that tune that, that's a mad story so we we did What's that, that? Yeah, Russia. Rush we did, did that record. We
0: got We've interviewed him as well.
1: play gave it to Russ. Russ started hammering it. And then we found out like DJ Sneak and a few others mm. were playing it. Which for us like second record in was kind of mad. Mm. But we'd already signed it um to a, a label called Discotech, mm. um up in Liverpool, and it was all good. Like it was our yeah. first proper thing. And then Russ was like, Oh, no, I think I can get Jamie to pick this up for Hot Creation. <laughs> And this was like 2011 we were like, oh, we've already signed it. <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, oh man, that could have like, made that first two years boom. But right. um, it was all good. That that kind of put us up on the map in the yeah. London scene and then moved on to like Nervous and yeah. mother. Mother. mother Records. Yeah, we were like one of the first guys yeah. to release our mother, which mm-hmm. is mad. We got released back with them. Yeah. Next month, mm. um, it's crazy
2: because at that time Liam Kelson was bubbling, Edge and Dance started bubbling. Yeah, but like even Solomon and they were all fully supporting our records at mm-hmm. that Mad. time. Yeah, um, Solomon opened this
1: set for yeah. DJ of the Year with um, our tune on Sleazy Deep.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I still up- got a video. Yeah, big up Rod Mage, as well. Yeah, big, made, so, um, yeah, big up Rod Chance there, to meet him. So all of that's happening. It's all popping off, guys. Mm. But what year was what year was Ride It? Like what what year did you do Bob Pony?
1: We actually made it in twenty thirteen. Yeah, gonna be late twenty thirteen. Late, yeah, late but then like it
0: banged it didn't bang straight did it bang straight away? It did, yeah. We, no, so we, we done a, I know um, it went off in club sets, but yeah, Oh no, we so didn't it put it out. And yeah.
2: initially we done we done Lonely Highway. Yeah. So we made Lonely Highway and then amongst that time off the back of that you could hear the production's quite similar we've done So Freaking Tight yeah, and we've done Pony as well yeah. Lonely
1: Highway was bubbling yeah, and consumed. we were too young to realise yeah. what was actually going on Yeah, um, Mr Jam was playing Lonely Highway every day on Radio 1 yeah. and 1, 1 Extra yeah. and we didn't understand what that meant really mm. if yeah. I'm honest
2: at that time no we didn't
0: no because you're just doing it and like, yeah. oh, you're so there yeah. you're grafting yeah. It? Yeah. we're just you're... playing
2: it in our shows and, and seeing the reaction mm. Um. And then just realising, like, "Mm, out of all the records that are being played, there is a a handful of records that keep getting that same reaction. I'll
1: tell you what the turning point was. (laughs) Mm. Because you'll like this. Go on. We had to split up for a show, which we never do. No. Like... A handful of times we've done that in 10-year career. Double money,
0: innit? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <You laughs> it's, it's, it's not even about that. Like we've always said we never we never really want to split up because one, it's unfair for the punters. Yeah. yeah. Two, it's unfair for the promoters. Yeah. But and it's not the same set. And you work very
0: well together, yeah. I have yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, I've seen do, you behind yeah, the decks like together. We, you know? And we're
2: very hands-on with the four decks and the mixer and the acapellas yeah. and the drum loops and stuff. Yeah. So it's like you don't always... You're not going to get the same element of show. Definitely. But we...
1: Yeah, we yeah. took this one book in <laughs> and I was over in Ireland playing.
2: <laughs> this is where I think we met.
1: Yeah, okay. um, it was GSS. You were yeah. playing GSS. Yeah. yeah. Was it Siesta, or Audio Hall or uh, something it like was that? One of those two. One two's. of the guys, yeah, che- one of the Cheeky's. Cheeky's party. Yeah. Back in the day where they were selling balloons for fun. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'd spoke before the set like, and I was like, yeah, like, I don't know if we been on an Ireland tour and you flew back. I can't really remember if I just flew out. But anyway, like I think you'd flown back because I seem to remember we'd been out there the day before anyway. Mm. I was in the middle of nowhere in Ireland, yeah. like literally the middle of low- nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked down into this club and there's like one hen do there, average age 60, yeah. and like a couple <laughs> of students on the dance floor yeah. and a resident DJ playing like Bon Jovi. And I was like, oh, man, oh, like... No. I didn't sign up for this. what <laughs> What's going on here? And so I've gone in and like, it's probably one of the worst sets I've ever done in my life. Other than there's only one set that's worse that uh, Russell J put us in. <laughs> <laughs> Russ. Steven is. And we never got paid, Russ.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs>
2: telling you. Yeah, yeah, telling invoice you, coming soon, that's Russ. That's the worst yeah. set ever. Bank <laughs> account details be <being laughs> set
1: tomorrow. But yeah, we... Like, we split up, did this show. It was absolutely terrible. Terrible. I've come out. I can't even get my car because there's a huge fight kicking off and they're all <laughs> oh bottling no. each other. Oh, my so God. So the, um, uh, what was that they called police in Ireland? The Garda. The Garda. The, the <laughs> the they're, they're all there. I eventually got in a car and I've called Steph, thinking, like, I'm going to tell him how shit it was. How is it? I can't hear you, bro.
0: Hang on. one set, Call you back? Call you back. Because you've got tunnels.
1: How man. is it? How yeah. is it?
0: Brother, I'm telling you now, yeah? <laughs> that is the best set. It fucking went off. Every one of our dubs went off. Pony
1: went off so freaking tight. I was like, brilliant. Nice one, Ooh. mate. Yeah, yeah. Bye, 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 Oh. <laughs> that
2: was a sick show.
1: Yeah. I think that's when you first were like, these records are special. Because I remember it was after that you come back and you were like, no one's having so freaking tight, and I was like, "Cool, I'm good with that." Mm. Whereas think, Pony, we but done but did as we a do freak.
0: coronet for Stephen before and Mad. Was coronet before? Nah, come after, come after. Well, that. Right, so I was at the coronet. Yeah, yeah you came, along. and I couldn't believe that show because obviously, like, I knew you guys should not be doing stuff, and this is the time at like, Lonely Highway's banging off. And I remember saying to you backstage at that point, I remember saying that like, they all know the words to your yeah. tune, like they, and you could watch them like mm. singing it. Yeah. Something you don't really see now, especially with the music that's kind of out it now. Was,
1: it was just right. mad because we'd done... We did the EP with A mean, Edge and Dance, like a four-track EP. Yeah, I remember and that. And that, that connected, like, and... Because you had a and, show and, with them as well. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Keep It Burning. That yeah, was yeah. And movie. Keep It Burning proper blue in London. Yeah, yeah. yeah that proper blue in London. And then Amin, Amin, Amin was, like, I've got to say, in that time, Amin was unbelievable. Like, he would killing it yeah. cleaning up for fun like real fun sets nice guys and they'd they bought yeah. uh, us through with them mm. um and then yeah we done pony as a free download and that's what we first done and mm. uh, after that little time period yeah. and that that blew and then all those sets at yeah. coronet and all those london shows and that's when we started moving out of london it started like mm. manchester we suddenly got
0: Two, three bookings
1: a year in Sankey's, and like things started to pick up. Um, But so freaking tight, we were always like, no one is having this tune. I think,
2: as well, what it was during that period of time, we did move into maybe saying 75% of our set was all our own music. So if you were to hear our music, you you had to come to one of our our shows. We weren't playing what everyone else was playing. Then we had like Gone in the Morning, uh, Mm, the remake with Carneo and Dineo. Um, we had keep it burning obviously so freaking tight pony night is calling Mm. and they all started to get their releases as well so at the same time as like yeah night is calling man that popped yeah Yeah, the the same time the records were being kind of perceived by the crowds they were also going out into the dj's hands Mm. but then as al said we both said nah no one's touching no one's having so freaking tight for now
0: but also, the night is calling. <laughs> you first used the sample. Don't start on me in this one. No, you first used. you first, you like use, so no, you first use the and... sample that everyone that was in that house on the weekend. Yeah, we
1: cl- we cleared that. So we'd already had done "Keep It Burning" on Nervous. Yeah. the sample was an old Nervous sample. Okay. Um, big up, Andrew over at Nervous, and um, yeah, we cleared that. Sorted it all out. Paid Andrew. Um, everything was good that tune was absolutely killing it for ages. Mm. And it just took a little bit too long to come out as well. I think like it eventually mm. come out on Running Wild with Bubba. Um, and it blew, it absolutely blew. And then someone made like an edit of it, which turned into his own tune. And then Annie latched on to that. Yeah. And it was the first like number one of like the new era. And we were kind of there like, mm, yeah. that stings. But such is life, man. Like I've watched it happen so many times before and so many times since to like massive artists yeah. as well. Yeah. Massive artists. I mean, if you yeah. want to look at one right now, go and look at Ride It. Yeah. <laughs> go and do your research. Yeah. You're a thief, mate. <laughs> You're a thief. Yeah. Um, the thing is
2: there, is, there is sampling. There's, there is forms of like influence from other people's records and then there's just straight up robbing records. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people can seem to do that now mm. and get away with it. Yeah, um,
0: one particular tune comes to mind, but I'm not I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> May as well, mate. It's, it's an not, open book, right? Yeah, starting, Max. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it,
1: unfortunately, it's part it's part and parcel of the scene. Mm. Um, you just can't be bitter. You just gotta let it go and move on to the next one and, mm. and yeah. push on. Otherwise, you get so hung up mm. on it.
0: Yeah. Now, I remember seeing you guys in the studio with genuine. <laughs> Come on, like, I, what do I even say? I mean, just from like knowing you two guys, knowing what you do and how you do it. And then, because I, you know, we are underground, you know, yeah. as much as, we, as, much as we, but when you go to working with someone like genuine, like officially, not like send me your vocals, bro. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I remember seeing you guys in the studio with him. Yeah. yeah. How did that whole thing come about and what was it like when you were actually there?
1: So this is, this is the mad thing when I look back at that time. So
2: it's, it's hard to put together, isn't yeah, it? Because so that I, period of time was just like, it just yeah. everything was popping up. Yeah,
1: there's like a twelve month period basically where no one no one wanted to sign so freaking tight. That's how this all started. Okay. No label wanted it. Everyone turned it down. Everyone turned it down, bro. Everyone turned down Gone in the Morning with DeNeo. Yeah. There's to cuss Dineo and he's like an old friend of ours, like, Oh, like we don't he's think legend. he can make it. You he well he's blowing up now, he's just worked with Calvin, so Yeah, he's a legend. Go figure. Um he's a and we were like, do you know what? we got to do it ourselves. Like we have with the other stuff. So we we cleared so freaking tight, put it out ourselves, and then got Radio One Play, phone went mad, and then three, four months later, we had our first hit. Pony had already gone out as like a, a free download dub plate on SoundCloud, which was back in the day, it was how you broke yourself yeah. as an artist. Yeah. It was grassroots, basically. Yeah. Um and then um, it was coming sort of the end of summer. And it was, I think it was Mix Mag used to do a piece of like what the top five Shazams were in like the UK. And well, So Freaking Tight was number one. And Pony, which wasn't out, was number two in the whole of the UK. Right. And we were sat there like, okay, this is a bit mad. Like,
2: because we never registered Pony either. So it yeah. was just a white label on Shazam. Yeah. Right?
1: yeah. And it was a weird one because we were skeptical about doing. To like uh
2: no we, we didn't want to do
1: too we didn't want to do pony yeah. really we wanted to work with with elgin like we yeah. l- love him but it was very much like can we do so freaking tight and then pony straight after mm. bit scared to do it didn't really want to do it anyway ended up doing it but how it came about was nuts so we did a tweet about the shazam that yeah. wh- where it was and added g and then he literally inboxed us like 30 seconds later and was like, yo, this is sick. We should get in and do this together. Wow. And we were like, okay. He's like, I'm going to fly to London next week. (laughs) Do you want to get in? It was literally that quick.
2: He he had a show with um, Tank and um, 112 at Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, I'm in London next week. Let's get in. All right, cool.
1: (laughs) So we we booked Wendy House. and I remember asking him like, what, what do you want to make this like happen yeah. like what makes you comfortable yeah. and he was like a bottle of brandy a bucket of chicken and a good barber a barber <laughs> so we phoned Jamal Edwards and we were like <laughs> alright bro yeah. do you want to film this and do you know good barber <laughs> <laughs> and he brought his boy down yeah. I remember
2: wow. so like Jamal SBTV came down filmed the whole sort of session yeah. uh, whole environment it was sick and he smashed it like vocally yeah. just being in there and he's the
1: nicest guy oh, yeah, yeah. he is Probably honestly nice. the nicest oh, yeah. guy we okay. got to hang out with him in LA when we went to shoot the video Sick. still keep in touch like dropping the odd whatsapp and stuff like yeah. lovely lovely yeah. fella
2: he had his um. remember he had his backing singer with him in the studio oh, yeah. and, uh, basically <laughs> we're song, breaking right? down the lyrics and one of the lyrics is uh, juices flowing down your thighs Yeah. and the, the backing singer looked really confused at that point Like he didn't know what the hell was being said and he looked yeah. at Gene and he was like Bro, is that what the lyrics are? And he was like, Yeah, you've been singing this with me for 20 years. And he was like, I thought it was something completely different. Yeah. So, all his shows, he's been singing completely different lyrics <laughs> in the whole thing. So, Sorry, yeah.
0: Thanks for you guys. Yeah, we just thanks set shaking, him straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're singing the right one. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Jamal Edwards. How, how did that link up come around? Because he's someone that is extremely influential from the world of music. And yeah. The and he's he, just he's a sick guy, stupid.
2: Me, me and Jay grew up next to him. Yeah, each West other. London boy. Like. Oh. So, where he is, I'm literally five minute walk. Okay. We never really crossed paths. I must, I think it's just an age gap thing. Mm. But he was always out in the parties, a big supporter of our set. Someone else and, told me that. He yeah, he to out out of, yeah, he was and, always out partying. He was always out about like,
0: afters and stuff like that. And he yeah. used to host that like, because when he obviously like, started smashing it, someone else was telling me he used to do these mad after parties. And whoever he was with in the party it's send mm. Brit,
1: Brit, British music, especially in London owes yeah, a lot to that guy. Definitely. Massive. Like, it owes a lot to that guy. He brought a lot of people through. He was there for a hookup. If you needed a singer or a vocalist or mm. whatever, like, you could always call Jay and be like, mm. have you got any ideas on this? Right. Um, good guy, man. Like, good energy. Good guy to have around. Super humble. Stay grounded. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing bits, man. Like, but I knew he was passionate about, like, House, but obviously yeah. he never really <clears throat> put that stuff on his channel. It was more, yeah. like... Yeah.
2: yeah, he, he set oh, up on the more kind of urban world, whatever. Yeah, you no, call it no, like, I did want to say, yeah, I yeah, But quotes, that's, that's unfortunate. There was you know. a
1: minute though, because we did a mix for him and he premiered yeah, yeah. a few stuff. Like he, he tried it, but I think he was already so set up in that like, sort of grime culture mm. that yeah, yeah. they didn't really accept the house stuff as much as he liked it. So mm. he probably just stepped away. But I don't think it was an, there was no doubt that he loved it. It still yeah, does.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now let's get a little bit more up to speed, a little bit with the, the current day. Yeah. Um, we were just talking off camera, but you're doing an Australia tour. Yep. This would be your second time? Yeah, second, just, second time back. To, just tell everybody like how how the first time come around, why Australia, um, yeah, just sort of a little bit about that whole process.
1: It'd be on our hit list for ages, mm. and never, like neither of us had ever been before. You haven't been, I do. No, uh, no, never. Uh, neither of us had ever been. We'd always talked about going. They'd always been like the odd show offer um but it's a long way to go for like one mm. stint and then we got our agent there last year started like mapping a tour together and i think to be honest we were kind of bricking it going because when you go that far around the world you literally got no idea mm. what the reception is going to be and we've done this a long time now and it's always amazes us when you can walk in a different country and they know your tunes or there's a, just a good vibe and for me, that's one of the best tour we've ever done.
2: I think, I think it, it meant a lot to to us at that particular point in time because the scene had shifted so far, mm. and obviously we was we kind of felt we was on a bit of a more of a downward spiral rather than maintaining where we was actually at.
1: Not for a lack of music, uh, though. Not just for a lack of overlooked. music. Just yeah. just
2: scene change and just like we always rode a lovely middle ground between yeah. club and commercial. Yeah, and I just think one day that just changed and went bam, you're either one or the other. Yeah. Um, so off the back of that, we were still hitting our releases but the buzz, I would say in the UK, just didn't feel the same. Yeah. And is some... this
0: the sort of time that you were signed with Water Chapel? When you
2: did... Yeah, it's it was about two, two, three years Yeah, until about I two, three years ago. So obviously off the back of, off the back of your UK heat, you usually generate more heat internationally as well. So naturally yeah. transition where it didn't feel like that for us this time. Mm. So when we did go to Oz, we literally just played all our new music and every so, show sold out. So we was right. very much on a buzz like, okay, yeah, mm. yeah, we're still, we're still around. We're still yeah. doing our bits and pieces.
0: At this time when you're doing shows, is there, is there like a fisher over there? Is there, do you really have support? Did you have support? It was just we us. We were headline everything. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it was us and just residents.
2: Which was again, a bit nerving because we're going into a new territory, yeah. new um, touring team. And if that doesn't go well, you don't go back. Yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's literally how it is.
0: Yeah. But so now we're going back. Even like,
1: <laughs> going as far as like, we went to New Zealand mm. on like a Friday night, I think in New Zealand. We were so tired, especially me. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I slept through my alarm. I thought I'd missed a gig. Oh my and Steph God. was at dinner with a promoter.
2: <laughs> Anthony Joshua just got beat as well. Yeah, I remember. Oh.
1: And, um, I do like, we didn't know what to think. And, they'd set up in this, it was like a, bar restaurant mm. and they gutted this whole thing and put like like yeah. the sickest system that in system, there yeah. and I swear the whole of Canterbury turned up. Like you could not get in this place. Right. It was booming wasn't it? Christchurch. Oh
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Shout out everybody.
1: laughs> Edit that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that
0: bit. Yeah so you, you, you've done a little bit, you've done Australia. Yeah. Where else have you been around the world guys?
2: Where? What yeah, recently?
0: Musically, playing. M- play oh,
1: mate. Mexico, America. Colombia. Yeah, played Medellin. That was pretty cool. Lithuania, Russia. Wow. Lithuania, Russia, L- Russia Ukraine, Ukraine <laughs> Poland, Germany, uh, Austria, I- France.
2: Ireland, States. Yeah.
0: Yeah. been about. There's, China. There's not really a place you have like,
2: Dubai, Bali. Yeah.
0: There's not really a place you haven't. Oh, mate,
2: there's, there. there's there. so many places. There's loads there. of places you
1: want to do. <laughs> loads of places. Japan are, I really want to get to yeah i do want to do a bit more in asia
0: yeah, a bit more south
2: it. america as well yeah.
0: yeah 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 where's the place oh do you know what i'd love to go um is it the lost place in in brazil mm. lost 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 zoo or something i have to check that out yeah serious when i mean a dance through the brazil tour they always, they always play there yeah. yeah yeah apparently brazilians are just the craziest yeah like yeah. just crazy guys.
1: yeah there's been talk of a tour there for like the last year so hopefully yeah. we're actually Get one locked in soon.
0: Nice. Now I mentioned Warner Chapel. Let's talk a little bit more about that whole deal when that whole happened, because as artists, that must have felt like a massive achievement.
1: It was, yeah, it's mad. Like we've been through. So, like Warner Chapel, are publishers. Um, so they look after us in terms of our writing and, yeah. and production. Yeah. Um, that actually came a bit, a bit later. We signed first time with Island Records, twenty fourteen. right october november yeah for so freaking tight yeah on like an album deal um and just
0: explain that a little bit more as well because there's there's some people like like we hear a lot about oh we've got signed and we've done this like or an album deal but just because you've been through it just just talk a little bit more about what that actually means and
1: and so uh, for us at album deal meant i think it was over an 18 month period we had to put together at least five lead singles and five soft singles to go on an album okay but this is like this is pre-spotify and pre any of that happening when we did the first like when we actually did the document yeah um and then the whole landscape of music changed once they were like Mm -hmm. okay streams now count and every hundred streams is one sale and Mm -hmm. all this stuff and i don't think any record label was ready for what was about to happen. Um like it was pandemonium, wasn't it? You go in meetings and no one knew mm. what to do or how yeah. to attack it. I mean like Pony, our second single, came 39 in the UK top forty, mm-hmm. but it was the third biggest selling single. Okay. So we just weren't set up in Spotify world to, to balance make- that out. Yeah, yeah, balance yeah. that out. Um, and we had we had like quite a few good years at Island, and then things just didn't work out for whatever reason, like personnel shifts within the label, and mm-hmm. then music culture shifts, and you kind of we were just like, this isn't working for us, and we, I mean, at our own fault. We probably went down roads that we didn't really want to go down, or advised to go down the wrong road. Let's put it that
2: way. I think I think it, it makes it a little bit harder. So people think once you go commercial. Or once you get a a deal, that's it, you've gone commercial. Mm. Unfortunately, in that world, there's a lot of red tape. Mm. So A lot of people don't understand that as much as we cared about the Beatport sales and the underground sales and the Mm. reflection it had on the underground market, like the music we were doing, they don't care about that because that's such a small number of people. So if you're playing 300 capacity venues... Don't care. They want two thousand, five thousand plus venues. Yeah. That, that's that's their market. iTunes and digital sales. Like, so that side of the industry gets ignored, and that's not down to us as an act. It's simply with the fact that the corporations have a red tape where their focus is on more money, the focus yeah. is on making yeah. more money and generating more money because they're inputting more money at the same and time. Making
0: music that people are going to listen to, it's to like a a bro- making more
2: A music broader scope, exactly. I, bet, I think
1: I remember we had to do like 35,000 sales a week, mm. I think, was like the aim. And at that point, like Steph said, no Beatport, no chat source. Going on another YouTube channel was a no-no, mm. Mm. like had to be on your own channel. And so like yeah. no SoundCloud. Yeah. So everything that how we'd broken, yeah. pulled. Like, yeah. gone. yeah,
2: And and every bit of organic way of releasing dance music mm. is taken away from you. You fall into their pop release schedule and the yeah. way it's like, right, we're just going to give this to a bunch of people who've never heard of you before and expect it to be successful. We all know dance music doesn't break like that. It no. takes months and months and months and loads of support from different DJs yeah. and different yeah. acts to, before it even gets to anybody's ears. E- even like radio, yeah. before it even touches radio, you're, you're talking six months worth of building up a record Definitely. I think in fairness yeah. the majors have learnt
1: now because yeah. I, mean, I, so. yeah, I mean we're still hope so I mean we're still we're still at meetings with them we're there later today um, and a lot more deals are done now where they're like yep yeah, we want like two singles off you a year but yes you can go and release with mm. other independent labels they've realised that you need to satisfy your crowd mm. And if you don't do that, they're not going to follow you. You also keep the
0: buzz that you already have. Exactly, exactly. exactly. That
2: organic buzz that you've generated for the last few years. So
1: that time was was great, but it was tough. It was a fast learning curve for us. Mm. Like, I have fond memories, but I also look back and just think how stressed out I was. (laughs) Like, honestly, bro, like screaming matches down the phone with people. Like, it it was just Mm. part and parcel of it. It was frustration. I think all artists have it. And eventually, I think we ended up doing like eight singles with Ireland in the yeah. end. Um, and
2: and we, ve- we've had a decent level of success with it, but yeah. to say we enjoyed it, yeah, not, not as much as it would probably it be was, to
1: see. It was hard because a and and the majors love to mould you against someone who's already come through it's like very rare you'll find an A&R that's like, okay, go and I will support you or like, I'm going to bring an idea to the table. So like, we'd come from doing like all these underground shows and sitting in meetings being like, so guys, you're going to be the new Jonas Blue? Uh,
2: no. (laughs) But it's only because Jonas was really popular at that point in time. No, it's nothing against him. Like,
1: rate the guy, known him a long time before he's doing that stuff with scales, like killing it. Friends with Aaron as well, Mm. but... We wanna be us, yeah. but to make someone understand that, it's very hard mm. and like what was being offered to us just was not a fit and, mm. and it became, that put tension on it um, and at the same time we went and sold our record label to Sony, which just like added like pouring petrol on a fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so like it caused, it caused major drama for, for a little bit.
0: What, what were the benefits of doing that for you?
1: Of working with Sony yeah. on the label? At the time, I think we'd broken three or four records in the UK outside of Tough Love. Um, so we had like the Ruge record, mm. which came on Ministry. Mm. Um, we had Hot Sauce, which Island picked up. Yeah, and we had loads of offers coming on on our catalogue. Like, yeah. yeah, the label was going really well, and we were going well. The label was going well. It was all like a good time.
2: Uh, we we were A and R in that scene as well, yeah, very okay. well. So. Like, we had our own show on Kiss. Yeah. We were tight with, yeah, all, course, yeah. we were tight yeah. with
1: all the all the guys at radio. Everyone, would, it was like that, like Organ House era. It mm. like it was just popping back yeah. then. And,
2: even even like first releases like Hannah Wants and Chris Lorenzo yeah, and yeah. like Denny on, on, and Denny yeah. and Lee Webster and ourselves, and it's very much like. In the in Major World, then, they don't really have their ears to the ground as much, so... Mm. Takes longer to come through. In that particular yeah. scene that was bubbling at the time, we kind of had our hands on the pulse of the guys that were actually yeah. really, really putting out some solid music. So, I think it was a bit, a step ahead as well, just to say, like, right, these are the these are the people you need to go to. Yeah.
0: How did the Kiss thing come about? Because I remember when I first heard that, I was like, <clears> oh, that was massive, like...
1: It's weird, because we, we'd actually turned down a few radio shows, um because we always had our eye on national level. Yeah. I can't actually fully remember how that come about. Yeah, I
2: think I think John John stepped in and set that up with Charlotte. Anna. Charlotte? Yeah, I think it was originally oh, right. Charlotte,
1: yeah. And we went in and we we were on Kiss Fresh and we were quite happy with that. Um, and it was less than a year before we moved over to Kiss, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, that was good times, good times. But again, I, we were at... KISS, uh, now I look at it, This is probably the first time I've realized, but that era was like the era of the the corporations trying to just cash in on what was going on, I think. Like KISS, even KISS, KISS comes from pirate roots. It comes from dance roots. And that era was very much like pop, 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 pop. We were one of the only specialists there, us and Madge probably, that was pretty much it. Zed was gone. Um, whereas you look now and they've learned like Andrew Wilson has come in, has done like an insane job Mm. in like, okay, we're going to get left wing and Cody, we're going to get low stepper we're going to get MK, we're going to move Joel to like two hours, Ben Malone's come in and Mm. absolutely crushing it. So like it's shifted the I'd say the last 12 months, the global or at least the UK landscape of dance has shifted to, okay, like there's a space for this Mm. underground music like we need to let them do what they need to do and not force them into a box Yeah. um and i think that's why we're happy again now because we've got us back and we can yeah, yeah can sure. do what we want we're not i mean to be honest like probably 18 months ago we were kind of like do you know what fuck everyone um <laughs> it's true i'd like we were very much like fuck everyone like we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do us we're gonna yeah. make music we like and if people like it brilliant yeah. and if they don't then so be it but Mm. like can't keep trying to follow people like you'll go down the wrong road and like the scene will move and you've got to move again and Mm. Mm. if we never got in the studio in 2011 and thought okay we're going to do this to make other people happy Mm. that's not how Tough Love started it started of okay let's make music that we like Mm. so we've literally just that's what we're doing Mm. it's working again seems to be you you
0: know you, you both still seem so happy yeah man Which you know, working in a partnership is not always easy.
1: We never argue. Um, No, bro, we never, never argue.
2: Can't put a finger on a time where we've lost our shit with each other.
1: Like we can disagree. (laughs) Yeah. But like, like we're 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 adults. It'd just be like, it's not like I don't like it. It would be like I don't think that works. I don't think (laughs) this works, and this is my reason for validating it. And then Steph would be like, well, this is my reason, and we just discuss it until we're like, okay, that's where we're going. You can't be selfish in a partnership. No, no. You cannot be selfish. I think
2: I think in this industry you have to you have to be very black and white. We're probably two of the most black and white people you can meet, especially going into any meeting. Or we'll just say how it is, because there's no point in messing around in a grey area. You may as well just get out your worries and concerns on the table. Uh, so I think we work very well like that in the sense that if there's an issue, deal with it there and then move on. Yeah. Um, a lot there's a lot of ego in this industry. There's a lot of opinion in the industry. And if you take all of that on board, like, you you'll lose your mind. Yeah. Like, and you'll get down heartened and, and you, you won't want to do it anymore. So you do really have to have thick skin. Pass it all off. And with me and Al, we just we literally just say how it is, what we're feeling, especially with regards to the music and, and, and the brand moving forward. Yeah. And just get on with it.
0: So how does it, how does it actually work for you guys? What's your schedule when you're here and you haven't got shows when you're in the studio, what sort of times do you work? Because obviously you both have lives outside. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, you know,
1: when we started off, it was probably five days a week in the studio, like definitely for years and years and years. But like Steph's a father to two kids now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. other not priorities, but like life gets in the way. Yeah. But we always do at least two days a week in the studio yeah. together. Mm-hmm. We've both got our own studios. Okay. Um, And, like, in all that other time, we crack on making tunes. And then those two days together, it's kind of like a listening session. Like, is that any good bin? Is that any good bin? Oh, that one's got something. We'll work on that Mm. today. That's kind of how it works. And then we produce our radio show Mm. every week. We have to get that done, touring schedule.
2: I think utilizing your time when you're touring. Yeah. Yeah. Most people will be watching movies, we'll be making music. You've got a six, seven hour plane journey. That's a studio session right there. Yeah. Like, Night is Calling was made on the way back from Berlin yeah so yeah on the plane so it's just stuff like that is it's, it's we, we've made mashups on the way to festivals
1: and just
2: step will Jeff. sit in the
1: front of the car and i'll be driving <laughs> and he will plug in through like the audio yeah, really link, right? and he will be uh, like he'll turn it down while he's like editing it so yeah. i'll so like, <laughs> 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 have be like what do you think of that yeah 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 and we'll pull up and be like all right bounce it down then bro yeah. let's
0: test wow. it so, when, you, when you're making stuff, would you mm. say you have both learned the engineering side of things as well, or do you still... I learned off Steph. Okay. Mm. I learned
1: off Steph. I had, like, super limited skills before I met Steph. Yeah. I had strong ideas, but,
0: like, yeah. zero skills. Okay. And mm. how, did, how did you learn everything, Steph?
2: Self-taught. Same. I've always self-taught through DJing. Picked up bits and pieces from different people mm. along the way. Um, but it's really just... I, can't, I wouldn't say my techniques are perfect. They just work for how i want to do it what, yeah, what's hard do it.
1: yeah what's hard now is yeah. that like we we set up the same way when we work <laughs> so we have there's just a way we work it's mm. what's quickest for us yeah. so i can work without Stefan. like last week i started a tune on thursday or friday which hopefully we're getting like later today or thursday i know i can give steph the session and everything's laid out Exactly perfect. When other people come to work with us now, it can get frustrating because you're just like, mm, why don't we work like that? Like... <laughs> no, I, we're
2: very, I think we're very efficient. Like, right? We can knock a tune out in a day. We can knock probably two tunes out in a day or yeah. get them to a very decent point where we're happy with it and we know that another few hours in the studio will get it to almost finished. finished. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, as Alex said, sometimes you do get people in, they're like 900 tracks and you're thinking... How hell are you doing yeah, yeah junior you're one of them <laughs> yeah. i had him in last week yeah. when you were away i was like no mate we're starting so, from scratch <laughs> yeah I it's using your time efficiently like that's the, i think we've always been very good at doing that yeah yeah so that's why we have scaled down our studio times as well so that we can enjoy family life a bit more we can enjoy social life a little bit more because there was a period of time where it was just work yeah constant
1: but it was necessary
2: yeah it had to be done like Different any
1: way. anyone who <sighs> gets somewhere it's through yeah. commitment it doesn't People would think it just happens. Yeah. Okay, maybe you get one hit and it just happens. But if you're going to stay here for a decade, you've got to put that mm. shift
0: in. Yeah.
2: And Simple had, as that. And the thing is, is there have been some external influences that have helped us along the way, mm. but it has only really just been Alex and myself. Like, what,
0: what do you think external influences?
2: No, I'm talking like sometimes a, a manager might help out in one particular way. Like uh, uh, an or A&R right R might, agent might have helped or, a particular yeah, point yeah. in way. Um, like you get great people like Works, for example, who are amazing at setting up... like. the the label side of things Mm. but at the very core of it it's still Alex and myself like when it comes to the music when it comes to the artwork when it comes to signing records and when it comes to the contracts and stuff like that it's still very much us very hands on people
1: don't realise that it came about at ADE Mm -hmm. this year actually Mm -hmm. we met with Gerald Infectious who does our Mm plugin for us for the label and I think he was very shocked to find out like who does the A&Ring we do who does the scheduling we do who does the Spotify pitching we do. Who does the artwork? We do. Mm. Who puts on the nights? We do. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there is no one else. There's yeah. no one else. People don't get that. Mm. Like it is literally down to like if we don't get up in the morning you know it's like self-employed. Of course. If you don't get up, you don't make, you money. Don't make any money. Like yeah, simple it. as that. Like yeah. you've got to get the
2: biggest up. frustration you find with a lot of people is this is our brand. We care so much about it. Mm. And if you bring people into your brand who don't care the same way, you don't get the same Work from them. No, it's and, and then when you say to them, listen, you're not pulling your weight, mm. they get upset. Yeah. They, they, they hold feelings about it and yeah. then, don't know, relationships get a bit yeah. rocky.
0: So you mentioned management there. It's something that I hear a lot of new DJs talk about. Uh, <clears> and I don't think people really understand the true role of a manager.
1: Yeah, I don't think most managers understand. <laughs> it, <so. laughs> okay.
0: In your opinion, guys, when do you think a management... Uh, when when should management get involved with you in your career and also how has management helped you guys?
1: I think um, you can't put like a time frame or say when because I think everyone's different I think what me and Steph are capable of doing by ourselves may not match up to what Tom down the road's capable of like we mm. we've got an understanding of music we spent a long time in it and we know what our sound is and what we put out. Other guys might not have that. They might be a bit confused on which road they wanna go down or Mm. like contacts at labels or who to speak to. It's really hard to say, but I think if you've got your identity and you genuinely got product which is like ready to start being put out and you then maybe don't have the resources to know what next. Is probably like the time when you maybe need someone, but whether that's like your permanent management or not is a very different thing. So
0: in your opinion, management really should have the context. That's what
1: they need to do what you can't do, basically, I think.
0: think.
2: Me personally, I don't know if Alex agrees. I think management is a very great area. Hundred percent. Because you'll find management wanna get involved when you're hot. Yeah. They don't want to get involved. I think the same with agents as well. They mm. want to get involved when, you, when you're generating a form of heat and they think they can capitalize yeah. on that. You'll know a good manager if they take you from grassroots yeah. and build you and help you get to a certain level and actually bring stuff to the table. Then that's, that's a solid manager. Someone yeah. who can use their contacts and their, and their ways of working to help you progress.
1: I think that's the key thing, isn't it? But Anyone can answer an email or pick up a phone to, to like when it's coming in. Yeah. But can they go and get yeah. you to work?
2: Mm. Same with agents. If you're, if you're hot, Max, the phone's mm. going to ring yeah. and they're just going to say yes, no fee done. Mm. But if you're not hot and they're getting you gigs, to me, that's a sign of a good agent. Mm. Like, the other
1: thing is though, is the decision making. Like some people might need that manager or that buffer to be like, that's not the right show mm. for you. Mm. Do not do that show. It doesn't matter what the money is. Yeah. Don't do that show. How, uh, so it's different person to person. Of like.
0: How important do you think that is? Because this is something that, that I talk about a lot with a lot of different people because I think there's a lot of people that are quite pretentious and quite snobby, especially with what I would say the whole minimal sound is yeah. and only playing wax or only play vinyl now. and It's just like... Pfft. People really start to think they're better than what they are but It's all really, bollocks. Five years ago, everyone was playing the same kind of music, mate. mate. Yeah. It,
1: it's like. all it's all bollocks. It's all just like an opinion, basically. It's ego, mate. Yeah. Take
2: ego out of the industry and it'd be a much better place. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, the thing is the thing is, you've got guys out here who've been standing the test of time, like, and they've gone through every possible way of DJing from vinyl to bloody Serato or tractor to CDJs to and the things none of them are out here saying no, you've got to play you just do it the way you want to do it whatever yeah. you're comfortable in doing as long as you're at giving your output to to the crowd and you're doing yeah. it in your way Then a
1: DJ's job's to make a crowd move they don't <laughs> give a shit what yeah. you're playing on like shit. that's Honestly, the realest thing I can tell you, they do not care. Mm. Most of them don't even know who's playing half the time. <laughs> they don't.
2: Like we, we do some stuff on the decks where me and him are just roaring off each other like, yeah, that sound is sick. And to be honest, yeah. half the people out there haven't yeah. got a clue. Like, yeah. in, And no disrespect to them. No. But it's just... That's not what they're there. That's what we're passionate about. That's what yeah. we enjoy doing. And, and if they're enjoying it, then fantastic. That's their
1: escapism yeah. moment. Like, it's, as a raver... you you're yeah. going for escapism. Yeah. That's why Massively. you're going. Massively. Yeah. Massively.
0: Like, Monday to Friday, you know, a lot of people, they work nine to five in an office. Got exactly. On. Yeah, mate. You know, and I think we forget about that because we're industry and we're just around it and different parties mm. are like, I always call that parties like The Office, mate. Like I mean, yeah. got, <laughs> it is, like, you've got to be at The Office yeah. because yeah. you see that person he's yeah, yeah, to of course. next week. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and you're out and about, and it's yeah. like, it's, it's business networking. Yeah. But that's only just for us. Yeah, so yeah. People, they just want to come and shake a leg, Mate, that is like, exactly, have a few yeah. drinks, exactly, relax it. and enjoy themselves. Exactly it.
2: That's it. And I think it is your job to introduce them to new music, but at the same time, make sure they're enjoying themselves. Right.
0: Now, we have to talk, still going back a little bit, but this was when I was in Ibiza, and you guys, actually are laughing, Steph? I remember that, that. in the <laughs> cinema yeah. room, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and
2: you're the red in light. Our, You're in our beef farm. Actually, with them, mate, was, you were committed. I was, at, like, <laughs> I was really in my beef
0: farm. You were really there. You're doing the Sankeys with, uh, with red
2: light. Red yeah. light, yeah,
1: mate. That was massive.
0: Good,
2: good fun.
1: Shame that it all went, man. That was. unbelievable time that Mm. brand should be massive it was I've got a few videos Mm.
0: on my phone actually I'll show you yeah
2: yeah. (laughs)
0: insert then mate that was like one of the first times it was one of the first times I'd ever been the other side of of the DJ booth you know because I was always obviously on the dance floor yeah so like I definitely feel like being behind it and seeing what you guys do I was like oh my god I want to do this (laughs) I want to do this
1: that summer was unreal
0: yeah because you were there a lot like I remember you just 16 16.
2: he almost died by the end of it mate yeah yeah. I've literally touring my site like, that, that year was heavy
1: I was in a bad way yeah. okay. I, was, you know, I had to have some time off so there was one week where we did like 23 flights or something in, I think mean, it was
2: 21 flights in 10 days yeah I was done and wow. it was like all different time zones yeah. it weren't like small flights
1: yeah. So like, um, but yeah I, I'd be through was amazing Sanku's was incredible that year, the red light, that was the birth of the red light and yeah. just the lineups were just insane.
0: Special, wasn't it? Mm. it was, yeah. This that... whole sound is what, well, yeah, 2015 was, was a great time for. for you know, res, like
1: residents were like us, Matt Jam, mm-hmm. Todd Terry, Chubenberger, Chubenberger, Low Stepper, Roger Sanchez. It's just like, yeah, it was solid. DJ Q. Yeah. Yeah, good times, man. I think
0: it's like, one of my favourite clubs in the Yeah, mm. right? yeah. That's mm. like, exactly <laughs> what it says on the tin. Yeah. Yeah, it's where I first met I mean as well. Was it? it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I was a fanboy. I was like, "Can I have a picture, please?"
1: <laughs> I remember FaceTiming I mean with you oh at an after party God. one yeah, time. Yeah,
0: at an after party. These times I was. Bermondsey
1: Way, or somewhere around there. These now,
0: times isn't? I was enjoying myself quite a lot, <laughs> <laughs> exploring all the all the opportunities mm. that the housing had to offer. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've come out of the come out of the toilet at, at, I think we're at Louis, yeah, Louis' house. Yeah, and. Um, There's, I mean, on FaceTime, and I was just like, blown away, wasn't I? And I think think he was with two (laughs) chicks in bed. He was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Smashing it. (laughs) Smashing it. 2015 was was lively. Yeah, good yeah. But you know what? Also, it's definitely one thing, like, when you realise, when I look back, like, 2015... Like I was still exploring like music and I yeah, was, yeah. like I was just a, I literally and I say this to so many people like when I talk to them like I was literally just a fan of yeah. music. Like, you yeah. know that, like yeah. you saw how passionate I was like about music and stuff. Like and then I was just like, no, no, like I really like this, I really like this. And then when I come back from my BFA, like it was my like it was my birthday in October, and I asked my mum for a little controller thing. Mm. And that was all, like, that was, like, that's what it took. That's what it took. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but we are talking, you know, coming up to five years yeah. You know, yeah. of like daily like daily stuff, which is the other thing as well. When I see a lot of people, they finish like, like DJ school now, you know, they go and they do the courses and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, after six weeks or eight weeks or eight hours or whatever. It's nothing. Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. I mean, mm. like, you know, I say about eight hours, it's probably like, you need like 80 hours of shows or 80 yeah. hours I mean, of playing yeah, live. You, you, you have to learn Minimum, you like.
2: have to learn on the on the go but mm. like you have to learn out in shows like the mistakes you make from technical mistakes like with equipment yeah. to like technical mistakes when you're djing and i think you don't you can't judge a crowd until you're in front of a crowd you need no. to be in every environment possible to learn like where you go how you take how you take people on a journey, like which which moment in time your your set time is. do You know what I mean. If you're doing ten to eleven mm. at night, you're warming up. Yeah. warm up. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If so you're very closing, Role the warm up. Yeah, massive a big deal, but mate. It's a massive. huge, it's
0: a huge part. Massive. And it, you know you have to be a good warm up DJ as a skill. One How of my
1: favourite sets we ever done was warming up. What was room two called in Sankey's? Oh uh, yeah, the in uh, Ibiza Sankey's. Yeah. <laughs> know. you know, know what I mean yeah, I don't the, remember the, not, the room upstairs yeah, yeah. I don't we've done like a two time. hour set warm up yeah yeah there, that was wicked that's one of my favourite sets we've yeah. ever done because you got to like really build it and build it and build it it's got
0: to be two hours if you're doing a warm up
2: right? yeah but even if you're doing main set and a warm up DJ's trying to smash out every top 100 beatball yeah. record going you've got to know how to adapt to that and, yeah. and, and, and like not play that music like yeah. just, you don't learn that in DJ school yeah. you Now
0: at this point in like Ibiza I think I remember seeing you guys on Tractor.
2: Yeah.
0: What like why the tractor was like how
1: like? Yeah, it... why was it so big back then, and why did everyone why was yeah, everyone yeah, use it? Yeah, I yeah. think because it was it was it bridged the gap between cdj's when it was actually you were putting a cd in which is scuffed up and yeah. mangled and like you're going through your wallet i actually found my wallet the other day because no we're way. packing up to leave and found all my wallets and the they are a mess <laughs> with like a little bit of paper on like one is this and two is this and like <laughs> it was just long man that stuff was long and you couldn't find it and tractor was the first and serato was the same because you used to use Serato, I used to love Serato.
0: Serato's it always been associated more to like hip hop and. Everything. No,
2: so for me, Serato was very much like it. It was, it's the most responsive, mm. less crashing, That's and true. was the best for multi-genre DJing. Yeah. And when I was doing West End-based work and stuff like you yeah. know, your catalog of music has to be from lounge to yeah. like, midtime, midnight bangers and hip hop yeah. and R and B like you just and accessibility to the music and everything was just for me personally, I. I, I that was the closest thing to using finals mm. for me when it first first came out. For me, it was like an
1: organization mm. thing. Yeah. Like you had it there, you had your folders, you weren't like going through your wallet. Yeah. I, I was very I
2: was very anti-Tractor, yeah, but you were. the one thing I always rated in it was the effects panels in it. Yeah. You can do so much more. And yeah. I think that's why we stuck more with Tractor.
1: Because mm. I remember it's... we we actually went into Pioneer because they were like, Why are you using it? Yeah, yeah, and we were yeah. like, Because it can do this. And I remember yeah. Rob Anderson was like I'm going to make a note of that. We're going come back like, to And get that. back to you with that. Um, but yeah, like we, we used it a lot. But then when we first started DJing together, we were playing together like five nights a week. Mm. Doing residencies. Like some of the shifts were like seven hour shifts. Yeah. Like playing like lounge music and building it up. That's and Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Just paying the bills. Like,
2: I think that's, is, the bills. that's the other thing as well. Is people seem to think like, oh, you just go in, you've done your course, bam, you're in big time set world now, and it's like that doesn't work like that. Yeah.
0: There's a couple of things, mate, like with today's scene that, that unfortunately I feel don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, playing an egg is not a big deal now. Playing at Ministry of Sound, unless you're proper, yeah. like yeah. you know when you was doing Siesta last week absolutely smashing it but like unfortunately i feel there's the name that used to be associated to say it, like being at ministry of sound or playing ministry sound, i don't feel as disrespected anymore mm. because there's now so many parties that are there and so many events that are in this room and that room and there's yeah four different spaces and yeah, yeah, there's yeah. 12 djs on the lineup all playing back to back and yeah. it's like there's a little bit of that specialness that's that's kind Making of gone down. Because I remember when you guys did a Get Twisted party at Ministry of Sound. Yeah. And it, mate, it was special. Mm. Like I remember going and it was special. Like mm. the, from the people that were there to the vibe to just you guys doing it. Yeah. It was Matt I don't feel like it was it's... done with love. I don't feel like it's like that now. Maybe that's just me personally. I think
2: always with us though, Max, you you know as well, we never separate ourselves from people. No. We've never kind of like, you lost. stay down there, we're going to stay up here. We've always been involved and the people we've brought through, we've Mm. always wanted to be involved Mm. as well. So our lineups and our whole kind of ethos behind Get Twisted was very much family based. So if you're on the dance floor, or if you're behind a booth, yeah. you're all in that one environment for the same reason. Yeah. I still
1: go on a dance floor now. But mate, it's both awesome. of us. I finished it? siesta. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went raving mate, for raving two raving. hours. I do not remember getting yeah. home.
0: That was I, your back <laughs> <laughs> I had
1: a wicked time. I had a wicked time. I rolled in my wife. She was like, <laughs> she was like,
0: how was it babe?
1: All right, apparently I just went, shh, concentrate on not being sick. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was wavy. That's we
2: love it. We still love it though. We still love that environment. Love right? We love music. We love what we do and we love like the vibe that people kinda of bring with it all.
0: Of course. And I think that is sort of a testament to you guys because like you said, 11, like, you know, ten years deep of tough love, yeah, longer man. as individuals. Yeah. And still smash it. We can't finish this podcast without talking about your newest little thing that we, you did before Christmas. The back-to-back social, course. yeah, man, mate, um, because that was super cool. I'm shocked more people from the industry weren't there. In my personal opinion, yeah, but I will say that on the podcast, <laughs> I can this is Max's house? I say what I want. I'm shocked. Um, it was great to see a lot of the new guys mm. coming out of like DJ schools and that that were there. Yeah, just shows you they're hungry, mate, and like they're about. I like I said, I expected more people from. I think it would happen. I think a lot about. of it was
1: down to the date. Um, I, I, think, I
2: think we had a... It, it was posted out as a as a random kind of, hey, who'd yeah, be up for it. We're doing this, yeah. Response was amazing, but within like a week, it was set up, organised, and, and that was it. Yeah. So it didn't really yeah. have enough... It didn't Quite have enough time. time or promotion to kind of gather the attention I suppose we would have liked to. Yeah. yeah. But the way it ended was it, spot on. The people could, that were there... Couldn't fault yeah. that night It, it at was all popping mm-hmm.
0: off. Yeah. Really. I mean,
1: it's not it's not for us basically it's come about yeah. because we're, mm. exactly what you were saying about how do these people get a chance? Like mm. the the good thing about a DJ school is if you don't know how to get in D- into and you don't know a DJ, you don't mm. know any equipment, you've got no idea, but you're like, I want to give it a go. That's your like your first barrier mm. in like, okay, here's a chance to, yeah. to learn. But to like go from that to like meeting people in the industry, Getting your like your skills down, getting your music heard. Like we heard some wicked tracks that night. Amazing. We were like, yeah. We're gonna have to pick that up. Like, yeah. we've got to stay in contact with this guy. Like, this yeah. guy's got serious skills. So I think it would just like it's a platform for not just for people who aren't established, but for people who are established to actually just come down and yeah, it was have great. a beer.
0: Jess Bays turned up, mm-hmm. yeah. Sammy Porter was there. Yeah. Like so yeah, it was really, it was really, really Lovely evening, man. Really. Yeah, it's and it was wicked. like a, just such a awesome vibe. Everyone was super cool, mm. super friendly. Um, plans for the next one? Yeah, we said we're gonna I do.
1: know you busy? I, but think, <laughs> no, I think we're
2: gonna try and do them at two a year. I think yeah. too many, you don't want to do too many. No, um, but yeah, maybe do like a summer and a winter one, yeah. Um, but yeah, next next one we haven't thought about it yet, but we will. We will. Good.
0: Yeah. And what should we be looking out for, guys? What's coming up? Releases? Gigs. Oh man, the yeah. schedule is madness. as the busiest
1: we've ever been. So, release-wise, um, we just put a record out, a remix on Stress. We've got our debut on Eric Murillo's label, Subliminal, coming this Friday. That's the first of two tracks. We've I think I've seen a video of that. Doing mm. him? Yeah. yeah, man. Murillo dropping it. Man, yeah. He's, like, he's been supporting that. Yeah, yeah. he's oh. been champing it hard.
2: Um, yeah, we just, just had the one before Stress on Glasgow Underground. Yeah. The round. yeah. And then yeah. we've got... So a was that the Yeah. yeah.
1: We've got a two-track EP with... Reblock coming on Mother Recordings in February, we've got a new one on CR2, oh, nice. um, we got a new single coming in April on Good Company, which we're pretty pumped about, mm. um, oh man there's so much more there, yeah. Like, nice. we're pat- we've got a remix coming on Swear Out, we go on tour, start to announce the tour dates the next few months, we're back in London next month actually, okay. um, at Electric Brixton, um, yeah man.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you say the party or not? This
1: electric whistle to Yeah, it's gonna be for Love juice, repeat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it nice. should be good.
0: I missed the last. I missed the last one. I definitely wanna try to get down to one of them. Yeah, come down.
2: Golden era music, mate. Mate, it's good fun.
1: And then we it's got a fun. ton of festivals to announce. I just yeah. don't know when really? we're allowed yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Summer's looking good, man. Summer's looking good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be well, a good year. Hopefully, we'll get to roll with you. Definitely. Bring a little video camera. Always welcome, We'll get a little tough vlog happening. Always Guys, welcome. Guys, anything you want to add? Any shout outs you want to do?
2: No, nah, man. Shout out to yourself. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, man. man. Do you know how
0: long I've wanted to sit down and chat to you both? Because like I said, you know, we've known each other on a personal mm. level for, for a while back before I started House Five Five Nine, before I ever started talking to DJs and doing interviews, before I even started collecting music. Yeah mm-hmm. man.
1: Um, Big Up Twisted Disco yeah. Yeah. <laughs> up t- I, That was one of my favourite after <laughs> <laughs> party mixes Of
0: all time Cocaine and carol, me. You in You I, I. Tough Love do it like this <laughs> I think that's the perfect note To sign off on right, Maxima Stephanos Signing out with Tough Love Yeah we're on Apple Music Spotify uh, Google Podcasts All of that Everything's set up We dropped the intro episode This morning Um yeah, just just keep it, just keep it locked basically. Subscribe on the YouTube, cause um, yeah, I need the money in that. So <laughs> um, big up, guys! Uh, hope everyone's having a great 2020. Peace.